Welcome to Compared to Who, the podcast to help you stop comparing and start living. I'm your host, Heather Creekmore. I hate to admit this, but I used to secretly obsess over my appearance. I thought it was part of my job as a woman to always look better, but never felt like I could be good enough. Maybe you can relate. But God, in His grace, He showed me a way out, and I want to give you all the tools you need to break free, too. If you've ever spent too much time stressing over your looks, I get it. I hope you'll keep listening and find the same freedom I have. Here are three other things you need to know about me. I'm a minivan driving mom of four elementary age kids. I'm author of the book Compared to Who and a blogger at comparedtowho.me. And you just may have seen my epic bake fail on Netflix. If you've ever struggled with comparison or body image issues, Compared to Who is the show for you. I hope you enjoy today's episode and tell a friend about it. And welcome to the Compare to Who podcast. I'm Heather Creekmore, and I am so glad that you're listening today. This is episode three of season two, and today's topic is what to do when you feel like you don't fit in. Now, I don't know about you, but I feel like I don't fit in a whole lot. And it's been interesting to discuss this issue with my children and to realize how many of these things that we wrestle with, we probably start wrestling with in elementary school, middle school, especially high school, and sometimes never grow out of. Uh, We might, as adults, have better ways to mask how we're feeling, but deep down, we still feel a lot of the same insecurities. So today, that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about what do you do when you feel like you don't fit in, when you feel like you want to belong, but you just don't, or you just haven't yet. How can I fit in? That's the question a lot of our hearts ask, and that's what we're going to tackle today. So as I was thinking about how to approach this and thinking about my own experiences in this area, I wanted to break my thoughts up into two main categories, okay? First, there's trying to fit in when, on the surface at least, you really don't fit in. Okay, when you feel like you have absolutely nothing in common with the people you're surrounded by. And that can happen, right? There can be scenarios that we're in, either long term or for a season, where you know you just are different than everyone else around you. But then the second scenario is when you feel like you don't fit in to a group that you probably should fit into, but you still struggle. You still don't feel like they've accepted you or you don't feel like you're an insider. So those are the two main ways we're going to look at this topic today. And hopefully through exploring this, we'll come up with some ways that you and I can feel like we fit in better. So if you're around my age or you are maybe even a little younger and you were a big fan of Sesame Street, you may remember that they used to do this segment called Which of These is Not Like the Other? I could almost sing for you the little tune, but I will spare you of my singing. But in it, they would show like four different things. They'd show like a boot, a high-heeled shoe, a sneaker, and then a puppy. And each one would have its own box or four boxes, and you had to figure out which object was not like the other three. Well, friend, if you're like me, you've probably sat in a myriad of groups thinking, what am I doing here? I mean, I know personally, I've sat in circles of people where my thoughts were a popcorn machine of, what are you doing here? You have nothing in common with these people. You're the odd one. They won't understand you. Like all of those types of thoughts. Maybe you can relate. My husband, Eric, and I got married at age 31. 
and he was stationed in Lemoore, California. And as soon as we got married, I left my life in Washington, D.C., and I moved to Lemoore. Now, if you've never been to Lemoore, let me tell you, it's probably not what you picture when you think of California. Lemoore is in the Central Valley, so it's about three hours north of L.A., three hours south of San Francisco, and about four hours west of Las Vegas. It's a very agricultural area. If you've ever watched any of those food documentaries where they show like a thousand chickens in a tiny little coop, then you may have seen some of what the landscape looks like around Lemoore. Okay, the summers there are hot, like ridiculously hot. We're talking like 110 degrees. And the winters are ridiculously foggy. We're talking fog until 3 p.m. That clears up for three hours before it gets dark and foggy again. Oh, and on top of all that, it smells bad. Okay, some of the worst air quality in the country is in that part of California because the air just kind of sits in the low-lying area. And with the agribusiness, it just, oh, all the smells, it's awful. Trust me. But I was a newlywed. And my husband was a Marine fighter pilot, and I sort of believed that it didn't really matter where we lived or who I was around because I kind of thought I didn't need any friends now that I was married. I would be just fine. We had the two of us. Who else did we need? So not really with the goal of making friends, but more the mission that as a wife of a Marine officer, I was supposed to go to these things. I went to an officer's wives club meeting, and I really wasn't sure if I would have anything to talk to the other women about. But quickly, I found out that I did because all of our husbands had essentially the same job. We all made the same amount of money. We all lived within like eight or nine miles of each other. We all shopped at the same commissary on base. We all knew the same military acronyms. I mean, it it was like a sisterhood of women that were sharing and living the same life I was. Now, sure, all the wives came from different backgrounds and different regions of the country. Some had had different jobs, you know, different ages. There were differences for sure. But at the end of the day, we had a whole lot in common without even trying. And so making friends while we were in the military wasn't really very hard. It took a little time, but between wives clubs meetings and socials and what they call mandatory fun events <laughs> that the guys in the squadrons were required to go to and they were invited, excuse me, they were encouraged to bring their wives along. Between all of those things and then seeing women around base and seeing them at the hospital, at the gym, on base, it was it was pretty easy to make friends. So after a year, I had several friends. After two years, I felt like I had a group. And by the time we left California, after three years, I felt connected and really sad to leave. But then we moved to Dallas, not Dallas proper, but we lived in a suburb of Dallas to the east side. And I had two babies. I had a 19-month-old and a three-month-old. And honestly, you guys, I felt like I would never have friends again. We started church shopping pretty much as soon as we moved, but that was an exercise in frustration. I mean, trying to leave two babies at a new nursery every week was next to impossible. So within a month, we found a church that my husband and I liked and where my son didn't scream his head off during the entire service in the nursery. And we decided, okay, this is how we're going to choose a church. We're going to choose this one. And everyone there was super friendly. Uh, loved the people. But again, I noticed it took about a year or so till I really felt like I had friends. I knew more than just people's names, but I actually had people that I was starting to invest in their lives and they were starting to invest in our lives. After three years at that church, uh, we felt pretty close to a lot of people there. But my husband felt called to plant a church and he was graduating from seminary that year and we thought we were going to move to Philadelphia and plant a church there. We are both from the East Coast and we had friends and families on the East Coast and it seemed like Philadelphia needed churches and Dallas didn't. But God didn't open any doors for us there. We were presented the opportunity to plant right there in the town where we were living and we knew that's what God had for us at that time. So we left our church 
And you guys, once again, we left our friends. And this is where my story of feeling like I didn't fit in begins. Okay, that was all background. But let me tell you guys, just honestly from my heart, that those first few years where we planted the church, like those were excruciatingly hard on both of us, but especially on me. Okay, so our lives were, we were attempting to live missionally, like anyone we saw anywhere, anyone we met, we would invite to our church. And it was a little weird at first, I'll just be honest with you, because our church met in our living room. So it was like, I've known you for 10 minutes, let me invite you to church. And what that really means is I'm inviting you to my house. Um, And, you know, you and I are going to have have to have some sort of mutual trust here that you're not going to come kill us and you know and that we're not we're not weirdos but it was it was odd it was hard um and i think because we didn't have that many people attending our church even once we got into a school building i felt like it was my job as the pastor's wife to make sure i was everyone's friend okay we had people over for dinner like sometimes 3 times a week for a while i felt like it was my full-time job to meet people, know their names, find them on Facebook, send out Facebook friend requests, you know, remember their baby's names. Like it was just, you guys, it was just wearing when I felt like making friends was my job. And I really felt lonely. But beyond loneliness, I felt like I didn't fit in. I felt like the people that I was forced, not that anyone was actually forcing me, but but that I was supposed to be friends with, that we didn't have a whole lot in common. You know, we might have had children that were the same age or that went to the same school. But at the end of the day, I felt like we were very different. You see, most of the people in our part of Texas were Texans. And like I said earlier, I was from the East Coast. Not only that, I'd lived all over the country. I mean, including the 10 years I spent kind of in and out of Washington, D.C. Most of the people I met and our small town had really only been out of the state of Texas a couple times. When I talked about places I like to go back east, they really had no frame of reference for what I was talking about. And then the second hard thing was at my stage in life, I had worked for a decade before I got married and had kids, and I had done side jobs for former employers, and I kind of always had this strong desire to keep working in some way, as long as I could handle it with my other responsibilities at home. Whereas most of the women I met who had kids the same age as my kids had started families right away, like right out of high school even. And so we were just at really different places in our lives. And that's when that which of these is not like the other song from Sesame Street would play in my head pretty much every time I got together with them. So I tried hard to find things that we had in common. I tried to keep the topics of conversation on them and, you know, maybe talk about the kids. But frankly, I felt lonely. Because even though I was being friendly and surrounded by people that I called friends, I felt like there was a part of me that I had to keep hidden, a part of me that no one knew, and frankly, that no one really cared to know. I didn't fit in, and I wanted out. And I'll tell you more about how I handled that right after the break. body image been bogging you down for too long, it's time to get free, my friend. Go to comparetohu.me, take your free body image awareness quiz, you will learn amazing things, you'll get your results right away, and I think you'll have fun too, because I mean, who doesn't love to take quizzes? Go to comparetohu.me, there's lots of great resources on that site, articles about body image and comparison, and how you can find freedom through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Check it out today, right after this episode. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists. 
the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org slash impact. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. So before the break, I was telling the story of how sad and lonely I felt after we started our church when I felt like I didn't fit in. You see, I was the pastor's wife, the person who was supposed to, in my mind at least, have a bunch of relationships and be everyone's friend. But even though I had lots of playdates and get-togethers, I felt very much alone. Maybe you get this. Maybe you're in a place where you feel like you don't fit in and there's some truth to that that maybe you don't fit in. I want to start with some suggestions for you today that will, I hope, help you in the short term. You see, it may be that you're on like a temporary assignment, someplace you're staying just for a little while before God moves you somewhere else, and you'll feel like you fit in at the next place you live, maybe better than you fit in here. Or maybe this is where you're at indefinitely, and you're going to find somewhere down the road that God had a purpose in it, and he has community for you right there where you're at. You just haven't discovered it yet. I think about my friends who have served as missionaries in other countries. I mean, here they are in a place where they really are not like the others in so many ways. So if you feel like you don't fit in, there are obvious reasons for that, like be it cultural, background, or otherwise. I want to give you a few tips today that I hope will help, okay? First, the number one primary, most important, write this down, commit this to memory thing, is if you want friends, if you want to feel like you fit in, put the most effort into your relationship with God. Okay, that's probably not what you thought I was going to say, is it? You probably thought I was going to say, put a lot of effort into finding friends, like make that your first priority. But here's what I've noticed, you guys. If your relationship with Jesus is lacking, all of your other relationships are going to fall short because you'll be looking for friends to satisfy needs that only Jesus can satisfy. So make sure that you're spending time reading your Bible, praying every day. Make sure you're spending time with a friend who sticks closer than the brother, as the Bible tells us, and talking to him about bringing you and showing you where to find more friends. Okay, unless your vertical relationship is set, you're going to continue to struggle with feeling like you fit in. Another thing to remember too, is that unless your relationship with Jesus is tight, you're giving the enemy the opportunity to get in your head and whisper lies and fear and insecurity and all those things that can make you feel like you don't fit in in a place where maybe you really do. Not having friends can make us feel insecure, but when we are close to Jesus, when we know in our heart of hearts that we do have a good friend, even if we don't have one physically around us, it does give us more confidence to go out and discover a community of friends where we can feel like we fit in. Suggestion two, my mom used to always say to have friends, you have to be a friend. 
And I think that's true. If you want friends, you do have to be friendly. Now, if you're an introvert, this may be difficult for you, but don't let it overwhelm you. I found that most people are lonelier than they admit to. Most people are flattered and honored when you make a move towards friendship. Now, don't misunderstand me. That doesn't mean it won't be awkward at first. I mean, when you're getting to know someone new, there's always a touch of that. But for the most part, when you ask someone to lunch or for a play date or coffee, most women I know will be glad you asked. So what if they say no? And that happens. Well, my encouragement to you is to take it at face value. If they say they're busy, believe them. You can try one more time. And if they don't seem to make any effort to reciprocate the invitation or just don't seem interested in hanging out, then just assume they're not a good friend candidate and move on. Don't take it personally. Like, nor should you assume the worst about them, but just pick someone else to try and befriend, plain and simple. As a pastor's wife, let me tell you something that hurts my heart to witness over and over again in church scenarios. Women who would cry to me that they didn't have any friends at church, but who didn't attend anything the church hosted where women got to know each other. Erg. This used to drive me bonkers, okay, friends? It's really bothered me because I knew that was the one thing they needed to do to try to make more friends. Or in some cases, this happened, the same women would sit in these events. They'd come, but they'd sit there with scowls on their faces, offering one-word answers when anyone asked them questions. Like, I never knew how to quite help these women, but I certainly knew why they struggled with friendships. Having friends requires you to be a friend. Ask other people questions. Don't wait for them to initiate. Smile. Introduce yourself. Act like you want to be friends. It goes a long way. Okay, and then the third point on this one, and then we'll move on to the the second category. This one's a really important one. Get out of your head and just love others. Okay, and I'm trying to deliver truth with love to you today. But part of me thinks that the reason why we have a hard time fitting in is we overthink everything. And then we tend to focus on the negatives instead of the positives. Okay, we can quickly rattle off the things that are different between us. But how often do we stop and consider all the ways we are the same? The older I get, the more people I know, the more I realize that the human experience is varied. Yes, but it's not that varied. We all struggle in different ways. Yes, but we all have hangups and insecurities that are more similar than most of us realize. If you're in a community of believers, then you should all have a common answer for finding help for those insecurities, for those hangups. And that help is Jesus. And yes, there are some groups that it will be easier for you to fit into than others. But if you're in a situation where you have no option to relocate, then let me encourage you, search your heart and do some work there. Change your perspective and your focus. Start to look for what you have in common. It will be a whole lot easier to find friends and build community if you're focused on finding common bonds instead of focused on all the ways you're different. So last year we moved out of Dallas and moved to Austin, Texas, where we live now. And you guys, I've got to say the first six months I was here, I kept saying and thinking over and over again at how wonderful and odd it was to be somewhere where I finally felt like I fit in. After 10 years of feeling like the proverbial square peg in a round hole outside of Dallas, I finally felt like I found people who were a lot more similar to me here. And candidly, it was kind of a big shock because when I lived in Dallas, I always assumed Austin was full of the strangest people in Texas and that I would never fit in. But wow, I was really wrong. So I'll confess, though, like we've lived here for exactly a year now, and I still don't feel like I have a lot of friends. I have a few, but building relationships takes time, and we just haven't had a lot of time here yet. So as I say these words, know that I'm preaching to myself here too. 
So as I'm thinking about what advice to give you, if you're in a group where you feel like you should fit in, but you don't yet fit in, here are some of the main things that come to mind. Okay, first, give it time. I decided before we moved to Austin not to expect to have any friends until we'd lived here a solid year. Even at that, unless you're seeing a new friend every day or every week, like relationships can still feel new and even awkward until you've crossed that one-year mark. It's okay to take your time and build friendships. Bonding too much too soon is actually a little unhealthy. And in my experience, friends that seem to become instant BFFs end up having challenges because rooted relationships take time to grow. Second, be a good friend. If someone extends an invitation to you, return the invitation to them. If someone texts you, text them back. And at some point, initiate the next text conversation. Friendship is give and take. If you're just taking, you're not really being a friend. And this is hard when you battle insecurity. You can feel like you don't want to bother your prospective friend or you battle the internal crazy over like, do they really want to be my friend or are they just putting up with me? Like I get all of that. All of those thoughts that you may be having about whether or not the person wants to hear from you or whether or not you're annoying them or whether or not they really want to hang out with you. Like, trust me, I've had them all too. But let me encourage you. You've got to at some level just get over it and be brave. Shut up those voices in your head that are telling you not to reach out. Those are not the voice of the Lord. It's only the enemy who wants you to stay isolated. So third, assess your expectations. Okay, sometimes friendships don't go like we think they should because our expectations are off. In most cases, they're way too high. Okay, now sometimes we pick up people who we think would make good friends, maybe by what they do or how they look. And then we're disappointed later down the road when relationships with these people that we wanted to be friends with don't work out. But likewise, there might be many women who at first glance don't seem like that great a friend material, but after you get to know them, you realize that you really enjoy doing life alongside them. There have been many books about friendship, specifically Christian books about friendship that have come out recently, just even in the last year or two, because this is a big area for us, you guys. In the era of social media and smartphones, we don't have enough friends. And I think what happens too often is we put ourselves in a cycle of loneliness. It takes energy to make friends and to have friends. We don't do it enough. And then we feel lonely. And then we start to feel depressed. And then we feel like we actually can't have our make friends. We start wearing a coat of rejection, feeling like everyone's said that they didn't want to be our friend, when in reality, we've just spent too much time in isolation. So let me encourage you, break this cycle. Do the hard work of making friends. Make it a priority. Start slow if you want to. Mark off one Friday or Saturday night a month or a coffee slot one time each month as friend day or friend night. Plan to have people over or just find a time when you could do a play date with someone that you haven't gotten to know yet. But put it on your calendar and then try to find someone who can fit each of those spots on your calendar. Just one a month. That's all I'm suggesting. But I have a feeling if you make it a priority, like I said earlier, that most people you know are desperate for more real social interaction and they will welcome the opportunity to build a new relationship. Now, some of you may be wondering how this ties into the topics that we normally talk about here in this podcast. How does this fit into body image and comparison? So I want to close today's episode by just fleshing that out a bit. You see, I think most of us who struggle with body image and comparison issues can also struggle in relationships and close friendships, in part because we're self-conscious. We're concerned about what prospective friends will think of us once they get to know us better. Will they accept us when they find out that our house isn't perfect or our parenting skills aren't awesome? Can we trust them with secrets from our past? Will they love us even after they know who we used to be? 
Or when they find out how messy our hearts are, will they run away? There are all these risky questions that the enemy flaunts in our face, and he uses it as a way to keep us out of relationships with others. But here's the thing. Until we silence those voices and make an effort to have real friends, until we work hard to be in community, we'll never get free from our issues. We'll stay stuck. It's important to be in relationships with other living people to remind ourselves that no one is perfect. That woman you may admire from afar, thinking she has her life all together, well, there's a good chance if you befriended her that it wouldn't take you long to see that she has some weaknesses too. Now, not that you try to become her friend so you can find her flaws, but when we only live in our heads, imagining everyone's life as so much better than our own, it becomes way too easy to idolize everyone and everything else. And that exacerbates our issues with comparison and body image. So the bottom line today is to find friends, grow deep relationships, find people who are like-minded, who love Jesus, and who are willing to hold you accountable in walking in his truth and love them well. Remember, like we talked about last episode, we're not called to self-love. Self-love is something God assumes we already have enough of. Instead, we're called to love God and others. Unless you're in relationships, in community, your opportunities to do this are very limited. So silence those voices that say you don't fit in and find friends anyway. That's it for today's show. I thank you so much for listening, and I hope to see you in the next episode. Bye-bye. Hey, friend, would you check out the date on that episode you just listened to? Yeah. It's been a minute. Listening to old podcasts is almost like reading my diary from several years ago. In some cases, it's even a little embarrassing. So instead of listening straight through season by season, can I encourage you to skip ahead? I release brand new episodes every Tuesday and Friday. And if you're not sure where to start, you can go to improvebodyimage.com, find the Start Here button, and I've got several episodes listed and categorized so you can find the topics that are of most interest to you. Your time is valuable, so skip straight to the good stuff. I'm glad you're here. Thanks for letting me be a part of your body image and food freedom journey. No matter what you're going through, you are not alone. Sis, if you've experienced pain in your father-daughter relationship, I want you to know that you are loved and seen. I'm Kia Stevens, host of the Hope for Women with Father Wounds podcast, and I created my show to help you exchange your father wounds for the love of God the Father. Join me for encouragement, wisdom, and scripture. Just search Hope for Women with Father Wounds on lifeaudio.com or wherever you get your podcast.